Welcome back to Voices of the Sea, a podcast from the Navy League of the United States. We bring you to the deck plate to tell the real story of our sea services from the voices of the service men, women, and family members who make it happen all day, every day. I'm Ann. And I'm James. On this episode of VOS, we're talking with Lorna Maid Vera, Service Management Integration and Transport Navy and Marine Corps Internet Customer Advocacy Manager. Woo. You're going to have to explain that title for us, (laughs) but welcome, Lorna. Thank you. Welcome so much. We're so excited to have you today, Lorna. I'm excited to be here. Thank you so much. It's it's a treat. Yay, (laughs) good. First podcast for you? First podcast to the point like, this is the Navy League. I I feel like I made it. This is is it. Honestly, (laughs) seriously. I mean, I feel like I need to drop this mic after. Oh, (laughs) okay. Yeah, absolutely. That's the right, that is the right answer. That's what we want to hear. That's the mentality we want. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Do you want to just give our listeners a little introduction about yourself, um, especially since James has just read a very long and complicated title for you? Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay, sure. So I am currently employed with Lidos as a customer advocacy manager for one of their contracts called SMIT, which provides the network services for the U.S. Navy. And so I basically serve as a liaison between the customer and the network provider. Okay. That makes sense to me. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. When I saw the acronym, I was like, what does the acronym mean? So I, I, so I had to, I went on LinkedIn just to check like what exactly it was. We stopped you. Yeah. Well, <laughs> they told me to. No. Um, <laughs> That's good. Research. It's, it's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to right. see exactly what it was. And I, and I still wasn't sure. But now that having you explain it, I understand a little Great. bit more. I did fail to mention that you are working with Lidos as well. So. Yes, and I love it. Great employer. They're veteran friendly. That's good. Yeah. Life work balance, something that I'm super appreciative of, especially post Navy, mm-hmm. uh, because I have that opportunity to actually enjoy a life now. <laughs> That's, That's good. Yes, good. <laughs> I'm glad to hear it. Well, I think what we we chatted a little bit before we started recording and I just I want to give you the run- runway to just kind of tell tell your story and then let's then let's talk about it. Does that sound okay? That sounds great. Yes, yeah. thank you. So I actually enlisted in the Navy mm-hmm. as an undesignated seaman recruit back oh. in the day. Are you both familiar with like the rank structure? Oh, I yes. know you are, Anne, because you're a former Marine. Yes. So that that Once was a also Marine, that, always Marine. But that's right. Thank true. you for correcting me. <laughs> 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 yeah, so so I basically really started out at, at the true bottom, and I think even more so, I enlisted as with the intention to be a reservist. So okay. I signed the paperwork, went away to basic training in Orlando, Florida, mm. of which we no longer have a basic training right, right. center there, mm. and was discharged immediately upon completion of boot camp and apprenticeship training. And then returned back to, I know, James, right? I, Even everybody. Yes. I get I, that reaction from everybody. I, okay. <laughs> I, I wasn't sure. It's like, is that just normal processing here? Like what? It was back in the day. It was oh. under the program called Sea Air Mariner. Huh. And, right? Oh, uh, yes. It was. Uh, I'm so thankful huh. for that program because oh. it really met the needs and, and wants that I visioned for myself back then. Okay. And so I was discharged from active duty and then was immediately affiliated into the reserves. Interesting. So oh. my career initially was one week in a month and two weeks a year. 
for right. like the longest time ever. That was like a long running ad campaign, right? Thank you. Yes, and it was. <laughs> <laughs> I think. I think. Note, note to Navy, those advertisements really work because at the time mm -hmm. I was living in San Diego. And so that's my hometown. Right. Yes. Beautiful 619. Uh -huh. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and so the advertisement was, you know, one week in a month, two weeks a year. Do you want to make money for school? Do you want new friends? Do you want to see the world? And yeah. it, was, it was one of these like, yes. Yes. And yes. Yeah. And what? That's a win-win like all around. Right. I totally remember those campaigns. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. So, so yeah, I finally, I don't, I don't necessarily say I got the courage, but okay. Being from San Diego, mm -hmm. are you familiar with the Black Angus and Chula Vista on uh, E Street? Dude, you know, I am. Oh, okay. Fantastic. So. <laughs> Let you San Diego <laughs> people talk a little bit. <laughs> well, we'll leave you in here too. Okay. Things. But it was, it was amazing because I'm, I'm a San, San Francisco Bay Area native. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I actually located back to, I'm sorry, I located down to San Diego and one of the jobs that I was able to get was as a hostess at that Black Angus. While I went to community college, my family has lived in Chula Vista for so, like oh my gosh. forever. Oh, oh, so you know it oh, was like, literally yeah, yeah, okay, absolutely so, yeah. So working <laughs> as a oh I, yeah, it was it was great. We yeah. just we just so called out so hard. Just I know, but I love it. It's so hard to find like this type of I know so yeah, 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 yeah. right? It's like high five, sister. Yeah, for real. And so you know, I worked the evenings, and mm -hmm. and it was great because when it was next to Thirty Second Street, mm -hmm. so whenever these yeah. ships would pull in from West Pack, you know, a lot of the sailors who were basically my age at that time would come in for that all American steak, mashed potato type of dinner, right? Oh my gosh, the mushrooms, dude! They're like they black Angus to these marinated mushrooms. Yes, I still. Yes, still crave, right. Still crave that. Stuff. And the bread, can, you can't. You, oh, oh you can. bread. Okay, yeah, so good. Yes, God, I'm sure we'll make some folks hungry. Here. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, so being a hostess, it would be small chat. You know, dinner for four, smoking or non. Where'd you guys come from? Remember Which, when there was smoking in restaurants? Right, and that's why I say that. That's <laughs> no. how old school this is. But you know what? I'm yeah. owning it. I'm I'm all good with yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. And so. So a lot of them would be like, you know, I'm from Kansas, I'm from Ohio, mm -hmm. I'm from, you know, name a state, right? And I'm like, wow, you know, and, and, and so they would say that they joined the Navy because they wanted to get out of their home state, they wanted money to, for school, and they wanted to see the world. And I'm like, okay, I, I, I want some of that. <laughs> I really want some of that. So pre-internet, right, mm -hmm. I went into the library, a library, and, and just started doing my own research. And so that day came. I don't, I don't know what triggered me specifically but i honestly did walk into a recruiting station i can remember with my winnie the pooh backpack right <laughs> <laughs> my, it was awesome because my winnie the pooh backpack had a little winnie the pooh on it too and he had a little mini backpack oh, so amazing i know right and so um so yeah i just walked into a recruiting station and i basically looked at the petty officer second class and i'm like this is what i want this is when i want to leave and don't tell me otherwise, right? Because you hear mm -hmm. recruiting horror stories, oh, right? Oh, for sure. So I wasn't going to let them pull one over on me. That's the research at the library. And mm -hmm. so the petty officer second class looked at, you know, his petty officer first class, who I'm assuming was his LPO. And then the LPO, the leading petty officer, looked at the chief. It was great, right? It was like, <laughs> it was really a scene from, from a show or something. And so the chief, you know, the, the first class looked at the chief. The chief looked back at the first class. And the first class looked back at the second class. And at the time, recruiting was separated from active duty reserves. And I was very specific because I knew what I wanted. I wanted the one week in the month, two weeks a year gig mm -hmm. that I heard on the radio. So don't tell me that that's not being offered. <laughs> and so fortunately, 
um, they did give me the reserve recruiting information and the reserve recruiter was located over in North Island. Okay. Yeah. So I made my way over to North Island, did the same spiel, mm -hmm. and then the rest is history more or less. I, I got I got the date that I wanted to depart and because I because the goal was just only to miss one semester of college. Right. Yes. Ah. So so they were going to. And so that's the other thing. They were going to try and ship me before Christmas. I'm like, no, <laughs> I'm spending the holidays here. Thanksgiving. Right. I think Halloween, Christmas and Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas. And so my ship day was January 3rd, 1994. So you you joined. So I enlisted in 90s. I went to boot camp in 96. OK. So you're only a few years before me. But yeah. I was. Yeah, I went right out of high school into the Marine Corps. Yeah, that's so bold and brave of you. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, I also wanted money for college See? and right? I didn't want to I didn't want to be deployed. I didn't want to be out on board a ship as much as I love being on the ocean. I joined the Marine Corps because, you know, lots of other reasons, but didn't really want to be at sea like right. six months out of the year every year. So that's why. So I know I'm, I'm going to make some Master Chiefs cringe here, but that, <laughs> that's exactly why I wanted to be a reservist as well, because right. I'm just like, I, I just know my boundaries. Mm -hmm. and I'm like, I cannot be six months at a time. Mm -hmm. I think it yeah. might be it, it might be different now. I, I don't know if I would have made the same choice because there's the Internet. Right. Like you uh, could chat, you know, you could have contact with family members true. pretty regularly. Yeah. So I think that makes a big difference in recruiting for the Navy. And like maybe that should be their ad campaign. Like it's not you're the gonna, same, right? Yeah. yeah. It's not but the yeah. same as it was. Yeah. Like you're not going to be true, you know, coiling rope and like writing letters <laughs> like but, on paper. But <laughs> what, I, what I think this also highlights uh -huh. is knowing yourself, what you want and th but that's hard for people who are coming I out of know. high school, going yeah, to college. What do I they know. really want? Like right. I, they don't know. It, we trust me, they don't know. Nobody knows really. I mean, <laughs> yeah, there's this select few who have an idea and they go for right. it. Yeah, but you're kind of making it up as you go. Uh, right. But you know, for those people who understand what they what they like, what they want, um, having that mindset into recruiting process, I, I mean, obviously, makes a big difference in the end. It, it did for me, and and to be fair, I I. I was out of high school for two years, so I okay. was actually working on my working and going to school for two years prior to having committed and make that decision to enlist in the Navy. So at that point, I was only 19. So I did graduate the high school at 17. So at 19, oh. I was actually considered one of the mature ones right. in, in boot camp. <laughs> mm. you yeah. know? And so I was able to witness people having regrets or buyer's remorse sure. and, and the mm. young ones really not having had that life experience because they really honestly did come from a small town mm -hmm. right after high school, yeah. right into this room of 80 other women from different ages and backgrounds. And it yeah. was crazy, but it was fun for me. But yes, yes. So it is hard. So I did have that two-year gap, I would say, to really mm -hmm. figure out how mm -hmm. and what I wanted to get into that recruiting office. Yeah, I'm sure that helped a lot. I, I had the same experience in boot camp, like being in the barracks for the first time <laughs> with all these women from like all over the place, like places I'd only heard about, like Chicago. Right. Right. And <laughs> it was just um, all us girls from California. I remember <laughs> we're sitting there and like we hear this noise outside <laughs> and it's we're, so we're in South Carolina. Like I'd never been outside of California, like other than like for short vacation. But uh -huh. we hear this noise and we like all the California girls like run and we're like, uh -huh. 
oh my god what is all this stuff falling out of the sky is that water and we are like freaking out uh-huh, because uh-huh. you know it doesn't because rain in san rain? diego oh i've I... never seen rain like that Gosh, before that's right it was wild we that's were like awesome guys oh, guys it's so... raining it's raining <laughs> and you know of course everyone else from any other place they were like yeah that's what happens. Right. <laughs> wow. I can see that though. Culture shocks, right? Yeah. You learn so much. So much. Right? So much. Even just like that, that very first day. Mm. As simple as rain. Right. Right. I get that. Mm-hmm. So you enlist, mm-hmm. but then you get discharged and go straight into the reserves Reserves. right okay right so kind of explain that process from there like your career and 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 how that sure so i was an undesignated senior recruit which was an e1 so i literally started at the very bottom (laughs) and my first unit out of basic training was aboard the uss dixon oh Mm. and it was it has since been decommissioned mm-hmm. but it was a submarine tender mm-hmm. in point loma so i mm-hmm. got to drill one week in a month in point loma nice. until it was decommissioned i think maybe for like a year it was great it was literally one week in a month it was one saturday one sunday i was so junior nobody cared about me it was great <laughs> um and and i actually met my best friend at METS, the military mm-hmm. entrance processing center yeah i, I don't remember what the s stands for um, but we met prior to boot camp, and so we became friends during boot camp. And and she and I, again, San Diego, right? So yeah. we were on that same career path. She was she enlisted under the Sierra Mariner program. So basically, we were like public enemy number one to all these other girls. Right, right. We were like, what do you mean you don't have to go to A school? <laughs> right. <laughs> what do you mean you got to go back home? So we um we we went through boot camp and apprenticeship training together, got discharged, and then we ended up at the same unit together, which was really great. Mm. And so we both made E2 there, and it was so awesome. Hindsight, because the CEO and XO at the time made a big deal about it. And I didn't understand then that that is great leadership Mm -hmm. as opposed to just promoting you via paperwork, right? I don't even remember their names, but here I am X amount of years later, and I'm so respectful of the fact that they Mm. took the time to take these two little undesignated seamen recruit E1s and promote them in in front of the entire unit to E2. That's very cool. I, you know, we've only been doing this podcast. We only have a few episodes. This is episode five, This is, is it already? I guess it is. Wow. But we've so far, I have heard nothing but amazing stories of Navy leadership. Yeah. Um, It just, it makes me really happy and proud to be part of the Navy League and, you know, get to talk about this stuff and hear these stories from people like you. But yeah. I just had to throw that out there. I just got chills. Yeah. <laughs> That's how we do. That's how we Love do. it. So were you always designated as a public affairs officer, like from the very beginning? No. So okay. that came years later. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay, super okay. years later. So as an undesignated, undesignated seaman recruiter, I didn't even have a title. I didn't even have a job. Mm-hmm. I was uh, just the, the catch-all. Sure. Whatever yeah. anybody needed. And so I actually had to strike for a official title, as in the position I actually went for was, well, I wanted to be a mess specialist. Okay. Because the goal, and that's the person that cooks. Right, right. They're not yeah. culinary specialists, but at the time they were called 
my specialist. Okay. Because the the goal that I had was I'm going to I'm going to get this experience, I'm going to get this training, then I'm going to get out of the navy and then go work in the hospitality industry more or less, right? Oh. Okay. So I'm not in the hospitality <laughs> yeah, industry. Yeah, what happened? Right? Um but the, I swear these chiefs, I mean, I everybody's just so funny in the navy and God bless them, I love them. But the chiefs, <laughs> the chiefs all the time cuz it's basically shopping for what you want to do, right? Yeah, and so so I'm like I want to be an MS. And so I just remember some chiefs saying why? <laughs> Why? There's no air conditioning. You're you're having to work all the time, prepping breakfast, lunch, and dinner. You know, why don't you just sit in the office with us where it's air conditioned <laughs> and an eight hour shift more or less, right? And I'm very, I'm very, I'm very quick. I'm not very quick, but you know, if it sounds good, I'll be like, okay. So that that's literally like, okay, that's what I did. So I'm like, I'll strike for personnelman. Took the test and I finally was frocked eventually to petty officer third class personnelman. So I was a petty officer third class and then I was a petty officer second class. And I was a petty officer second class for the most longest time ever. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's when they did the name change from personnelman to personnel specialist, I guess, to be more politically correct and I to see. be more inclusive. Mm -hmm. And then I eventually picked up petty officer first class. And you fast forward, I think I'm at 12, 13, 14 year mark at this wow. point, right? I know, right? And so as a reservist, it's, it, it's a part-time commitment, right? Mm -hmm. But there is this one point when I was a petty officer second class and I was laid off from my day job and my commanding officer at the time was amazing. She really invested in all of her sailors and officers during the drill weekend. Like the drill weekend would start off with her going around and asking everybody how everybody's month was. And I guess when it came to my turn, I said I was laid off. Mm. And so I think either fast forward that Monday morning or that Saturday night. Anyway, she ended up reaching out to me. She more or less found me in an active duty for special work assignment, which is wow. basically a re reservist on active duty. Oh, wow. And so, you know, it was I was on the fence like I don't it was in Millington, Tennessee, of all places. And oh. I was drilling. I was living and working in Boston at this time. And I'm like, Millington, Tennessee oh <laughs> from Boston. I'm a city girl. Right. Yeah. And then at the other end, it's just like, but, but she's a Navy captain. You, you don't tell a Navy captain, though, right? Sure. And then the third component was like, but it's active duty. Everybody's going to be so mean. I'm such a square <laughs> peg. You know, I was like, oh, God, I'm only going to get yelled at. I always get yelled at on active duty. But I'm like, okay, well, nothing else is happening in my career. I might as well go check it out. So I packed up my Jeep and drove from Boston down to Millington struggled for the first couple months because mm. I was the only enlisted person supporting, I think, 12 officers, 12 or 14 officers oh my at gosh. the time. Yeah, doing administrative stuff. Um, but the officers were great. Mm -hmm. Their spouses were amazing. Mm. Ended up becoming really good friends with some of the spouses. And, you know, I wasn't meeting any fellow petty officers. So I just started signing up for all these classes and trainings just to meet friends. So I ended up meeting some awesome girlfriends that way. And so from there... I got the active duty bug. I'm like, oh my God, this is fun. Like, it's all an active duty like this, right? But I was very careful with, you know, selecting assignments. Mm -hmm. And so, so to, to coin it, I ended up becoming what, what people say a professional reservist. Like, I just stayed on active duty by cherry picking my wow. assignments. And I know that's going to make some people listening to this cringe <laughs> <laughs> well i was wondering because when i was looking at your bio i i saw that it was like navy reserves for how many yes. how many years it's like how does that obviously people can be in the navy's reserves for a while yes. but usually that's not your primary job 
Right. So it was very, I had to, I was very creative and it was either feast or famine. Right. And so, so I would always, you know, especially with today's world, right. It's Mm -hmm. about networking. It's about your connections. Mm -hmm. Oh, I was doing that way back, way back then. (laughs) So to, you know, get to your point about public affairs, there is this one, and, and at the time it's different today, but at the time there was a website where you can look at all the active duty special work assignments that are available. Oh, wow. Yes. And so I would look at it knowing, you know, my current orders are about to end. I got to look for another job. And having been that civilian side and that civilian experience, I knew how to look for a job. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. So I was able to apply that on this Navy side. And so I found this one opportunity where the job description was totally me, but the rank wasn't. It was a rank for a lieutenant, which is an O3, which is a Mm -hmm. Marine Corps captain. Mm -hmm. And so I was only a petty officer first class, but I'm like, I can do this job. I've got the civilians, you know, skill set, et cetera. I just, I just got to pitch it to whoever's hiring, right? Can they redesignate like the the rank for a position? I think they kind of did. Okay. I, yes. I think that's, I think to answer your question, I think that's eventually what happened because I think after I knew who the, I knew who the hiring captain was. Mm-hmm. So like getting that courage, right? I think I mm-hmm. walked by his office for like an entire month <laughs> <laughs> trying to get his, the feel and try to get the courage and trying mm-hmm. to get my talking points like how's this first class just gonna ram into this captain's office and say you need me you need to hire me Which basically ultimately that's what i did mm. and so um he did have a commander who gate guarded his office and she did kind of stop me and she cut yes and she kind of cornered over me and she's like here's some assignments for first class petty officers oh. right because he was on the phone and so i'm like okay how can i do this respectfully how can i do this without looking crazy so I, 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 I listened to her, but with one ear and then with the other ear, um, I was waiting for him to get off the phone. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know how I did it, but either I, I'm like, thank you, ma'am. And then he got off the phone. I jammed in there. I'm like, here's my resume. I'm interested in this position. I'm qualified for it. Please consider me. Nice. So he, right. And he took a look at the resume and he saw that I was at this one assignment and he's like, I was CEO of that one assignment. It was Navy Recruiting District San Diego. Oh, there, there you go. It all comes right? back to San Diego. It does, does come back to the 619. <laughs> oh and so, um, <laughs> so he's like, you know, in his very captain way, he's like, well, you know, I, I need to talk to my boss because it's yeah. for a lieutenant and, you know, you're a first class, but I don't see a problem with it. And he's like, I'll get back to you. And he says, you know, when does your ADSW end and when can you start? And I'm like, it's ending this day. I can start, you know, immediately after mm-hmm. it. And he's like, okay, well, let me go talk to my boss. And I think his boss maybe was, I'm I, I'm, I'm pretty sure it was an admiral at the time. So, but Probably. I can't remember if it was the two star, the three star he had to speak with. Regardless, he spoke with somebody and I got the call from him saying, we can hire you, put your paper in, paperwork in to, to start you. So wow. I was a first class in a lieutenant's billet working among other officers as a first class in this assignment. And so- Wow, way to go. Like, holy cow. You. That's an amazing You made story. it happen. Right, thank you. Because it was Feast or Famine, right? Right, so, yeah. exactly. So, um, but I, I wasn't pursuing an officer track because I was very like, just leave me alone. Let me do my job. <laughs> sure. I don't want the attention. You know, it's like- I'm not politically correct now. <laughs> I'm just not. Right. Um, but so the captain and my master chief at the time were really just awesome. And I think it was the master, my master chief at the time, who was just, who's in this very master chief calm yes. way. Does not sound like our master chief. Yeah, right? yeah, I mean, it must run, run in the blood or something. Yes, yeah. it does. He just he pulls me aside or I'm sitting at my desk, you know, and he just basically says, if you're doing a lieutenant's job, 
you need to get the lieutenant's pay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then For sure. I'm like, okay, I think I'm motivated now. <laughs> <laughs> so so ultimately, that's how I started putting my package together. And it was one of those things where I was like, I'm not competitive. You know, I don't have mm -hmm. X, Y, and Z. And then I did. I reached out to a recruiter because my master chief told me to. And the recruiter even shut me down. And then um, I went back to both my master chief and the captain. And the captain's like, yeah, who's your recruiter's name? <laughs> <laughs> and then lo and behold, I put the package together. It got sent in. And... And then I guess the rest is history. But, you know, I, I would hate for any of the listeners to think, oh, she just got commissioned because she was at the right place at the right time. What falls after that is the mentoring aspect of mm -hmm. it, right? Yeah. So the mentoring aspect of it is, you know, my master chief and everybody else was like, people are going to think that you just got it because of where you're at. So from that day forward, and even today, I have, and to the people that I mentor, right, I make it crystal clear. Mm -hmm that you may have have somebody to help you but it is on you to make sure that when you walk through those doors to sit in that chair that you have been hired for you have the skill set the qualifications and the confidence to back that skill set up that mm -hmm. you have been recognized and hired for and so to this day i'm like nope i've got x y and z yeah Do you <laughs> you know yeah, exactly no i love that and you know, it, I think it is a good message to people to just remember. I mean, sometimes, you know, you are in the right place at the right time, but you also have to have like all of like internally, yes. like the right things also. Yes. So it's not, you know, it can help, but it's not going to it's not going to bring you to the top if you just if you don't know what you need to know. Totally agree. Right. And and I'm not afraid to tell you what my weaknesses are sure. because I would hate I, I would hate for you to take or a person to take advantage of like, well, you can't do that. I'm like, I know I can't do that. Right. And I just told you that. But this is what I do. Yep. This is what I do well. And this is what I'm confident in doing. And this is how as a team we will get over the hump together. Mm -hmm. Yep. Because when my weakness is, it's mo most likely going to be your strength. Exactly. And I think when as a leader, uh, you're able to have the confidence to say, I don't know how to do that, but this is a solvable problem and I know how to find the answer or I know how to hire the right people who have those answers and be willing to kind of let your ego take a backseat and allow other people yes. to have good ideas and solutions. Agree. What else should we talk? I mean, the, love your story. Just so inspiring. And Aww, it's it's so you. nice to have you in yeah. here. But we mm -hmm. we have other questions, I think. Yeah, yeah. Well, just I I want to get to the point in your career where you transitioned into the civilian mm -hmm. work field. What was that like? Um, was it easy? Was it hard? Like you, People have different experiences. Right. But I, we just want to hear what it was like for you going from you're working as a public affairs officer to transitioning to the okay it was <laughs> one word emotional Ooh. yes it was very emotional okay and i and i and i'm saying that loud and clear because you know on the business side there there's conversation like you shouldn't show emotion x x y and z there's just so many descriptions around the word right emotion, right sure. so i'm owning the word emotion. <laughs> I, I love it. I mean, we should talk. We we're we're all human beings, right? right. We all have feelings. Yes. We all have emotions. Yes. I think it is. I think it is a good thing to talk about in the yes. workplace. And I can say that again with the confidence, because for for the for the many years that I wore the uniform, mm -hmm. I maintained my military bearing. 
So that means I was professional and I continue to be professional. But when I say emotional, it was emotional for me because it started with the letter saying that you are now eligible to retire. I thought that was like oh my. a myth, right? right. You never, I've never seen one. <laughs> I, I've never heard one. And then it was like, you know, sarcastically speaking, she's like, wow, somebody actually did their job and said it all the time, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and so, so it was a surprise to receive it. And so the emotions that, because at that time, I, I think I had just, because the minute I was commissioned, it was nonstop. It was nonstop. Mm. I went from, you know, working in D.C. to going to Naples, Italy, where I was a public affairs officer for a humanitarian effort called oh, the gosh. Africa Partnership Station, where, you know, I did a lot of coverage of West Africa for six months. And then after six months in Naples, I went to Afghanistan for a year. After Afghanistan, I went to recruiting for two years. Right. So it was just like nonstop. It was go, go, go. And so I get the letter. I open this manila government envelope. <laughs> right. And and then it just says, congratulations, you are now eligible to retire. And, and, and so the first, you would think I'd be like, oh, I made it, right? Mm -hmm. That was the second emotion, but the first emotion <laughs> was like, oh my God, I'm old. Isn't <laughs> <laughs> that terrible? That's the first thing That's I thought. That's exactly what I would have thought. <laughs> <laughs> right? Oh my gosh, holy cow, I've made it. Cause you need to be a, a certain age to have received that right, type of letter, right? right? And wow. I'm like, Great. I, I, they're telling me I can't keep up with these 18-year-olds and 19-year-olds. Right. And, I, I, and I say that, you know, with, with affection because I know I can't keep up with the 18-year-old me. I just can't. Exactly. Right? Yeah. So I'm comparing it to, to me, if anything. And so um, I'm like, okay, I'm old. They don't need me anymore. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then, and then the, the next reaction was, this is awesome. I've made it. I was I was a nothing. I was an undesignated seaman recruit. And I have it. This letter signifies that all the good, all the bad and all the ugly. Right. <laughs> right. Like, I don't care who your employer is. There's always ugly. Mm -hmm. But it was it was good, obviously, because I stayed for more than two decades. So the good, the bad and ugly. It's like I made it. <laughs> this totally. is cool. And then the third emotion was. And I think before we started recording, I was mentioning, you know, I'm a very private person when it comes mm -hmm. to my personal life, right? So I don't necessarily share my personal life out in the open. Right. Um, but in this case, I will. Um, at the time, my mother was was a kidney dialysis patient. Oh. And she was either, when was that? Yeah, I think she was at her 16 or 18 year mark at this point. Oh my gosh. So imagine being on dialysis for 16 or 18 years, yeah. three times a week. Oh my gosh. For up to, I think it was two and a half to three hours a day. Oh, right? That's hard. It, it was. And and so that emotional aspect of it too was I was never around for that. Mm. I wasn't around to take her to her doctor's appointments. I wasn't around to help. Right. Period. Right. And so that that was the emotional aspect of um because I think at that time I knew that there would eventually be an end to this dialysis process. Mm -hmm. Right. And so that took me to the next, like, I, I can think quickly, right? So then that took me to the next step, like, okay, so then it's just going to be my dad. Who's going to take care of my dad? You know, so like, right. oh, that was happening at one time to oh, the man. point. I know, right? And and so like, I, I, I think my last, yeah, I, I, was, I was still on ADS. I was on another ADSW assignment. So I was in uniform and I'm like, okay, nobody's ever seen me like cry like a girl, right? I've always <laughs> had my military bearing. It's like, I, and, and like, again, being private, right? I yeah. didn't want anybody coming to me saying what's wrong are you okay right like right. I, that just wasn't my thing yes and so so i just i i held on right mm -hmm. and i think 
think I think fast forward, you know, my my mom did ask for permission from the family, you know, can she quit her dialysis treatment? It's been 18 years. I'm tired. I'm yeah. ready. And so all the other family members gave their blessing, but I didn't. <laughs> not not just yet. <laughs> right. And so um so you know, she had called and and she's like, we had a family meeting, but you weren't answering your phone. So they all agreed. We just need you. I just need you. And so I think I had just started an ADSW and I didn't have any leave or whatever the case may be. And so, so I said, <laughs> so I love my relationship with my parents. So I said, so mom and so my heritage is Filipino. So I said, mm. I, um, mom and Filipino is nigh. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, nigh. you only go three times a week. Can you go for nine more days, which basically translates hanging in there for one month? I'm like, nine. Can you just please hang in there for nine more days? It's only nine days. Now you've done this. Look at you've done it for like mm-hmm. I'm like I'm trying to master chief her at this point, right? So I'm like, you can do this. She can do this. Only one more month, you know. I I I can't I can't leave this job right now. I just started. I don't have the time off. I still have to buy a plane ticket. I right. don't know how you know. And she's like, and then she, her nickname for me was Anakko, which is like my child, my daughter. And so she would basically, she basically said, okay, Anakko, I will wait nine more days. <laughs> and she's like, are you sure only nine more days? I'm like, no, I promise I will be there after your nine days, which basically is a month. So then I call my best friend from high school. I'm like, Dre, please check in on Nanai for me until I can get there. And it was so cute because she would report back to me and she's like, not I asked me, is it only eight more days now? Eight more days. Uh-huh. And so she gave me the, I know, Aww. right? And so here I am trying to be like, you know, all military bearing and dealing with that. And so again, not showing any emotion because I wanted to be professional. And then the whole private side of, I don't need anybody making it worse for me. <laughs> right. And so, um, so I go and then, you know, the rest is history, right? She gets right. discharged, hospice, and then, you know, the final results. And so the whole emotional aspect of it, it was just, it was time for me to retire. I think, you know, there there was opportunity to stay in because public affairs officers in the Navy are so few. And so they mm. needed that skill set. They wanted that skill set. So they said, you know, you can stay. And I'm like, dad's going to be on his own. Mm. I've, I've had. So, you know, there's a lot of reflection at this point, too. Right. It's like I have lived out of a sea bag more or less like, <laughs> for the past two decades. Right. The other family took care of mom, like literally between the driving and the yeah. medical appointments and everything and so i'm like okay i don't think it's a sacrifice to actually retire now and and to just Mm -hmm. be there for my dad because the other thing too is if i if i continue to live that lifestyle and i get this call from my dad i don't know what the situation would be if i like i had to beg my mom to hang in there for nine more days right right? could i ask could i could i do that with my dad if i were stationed in europe where where my heart was right Mm -hmm. my heart was being assigned anywhere overseas right So that is how that whole retirement Gosh. emotional transition went for me. And so, yes, on top of all of that, it's just like, oh, okay, I'm going to need a job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just do all the big life changes all at once. Oh, <laughs> seriously. It, it, you know, and so that was 2016. So 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 22, 23. That was seven years ago. You just did math in public. You know. I'm so impressed. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I have I, transparency. that's what we want on this podcast yeah Yeah. oh my gosh wow right everything all at once and so it's like adsw is ending Mm -hmm. paperwork and it's never easy when you go from active duty to reserves not to go in reserves and then you go reserves into the whole you know retirement issue which is a whole nother paperwork debacle and 
and you know people wanting to congratulate you people wanting you to stay mm -hmm. and then family and then like what about me what right? about my needs <laughs> i need a lorme time out <laughs> oh my gosh This is totally off topic, sure. but my first boyfriend yeah. in high school was Filipino. Okay. And his family, like, totally, like, adopted me. I while love reading. it. They were great. We used to play guitar and, like, <gasps> sing all these, like, old songs. And there was always rice in the rice cooker. And his mom made, like, the best lumpia ever. They had, like, a giant drum of MSG in the garage. Oh, my, my God. God. <laughs> <laughs> I forget, like, all of my Tagalog, but. That's okay. Um. Oh, wait. Magandang Maga? Yes. Yeah. Good, good morning. Good morning. Yeah. Oh, look at oh, me. Good. I look it. I that's love all, it. That's all I remember. That's all I got. And to be honest, I don't even know how to reciprocate. <laughs> <laughs> so we're good. <laughs> cool. All right. Sorry for that aside. No, oh, I love no, that aside. That's a good good stuff. Yeah. yeah. It was good stuff. Good food. So good. <laughs> See? Food. Again, I, right? This podcast. It's all about the food. For real. Right? I mean, yeah, I kind of wish you had become a mess of... Uh, me too. Officer, because I know. I'm obsessed. So I'm obsessed with food. I'm a big home cook. And I, I really want to interview someone who is in the galley on a ship. Like for oh, this podcast. That would podcast. be amazing. Right? Okay. Yes. Thank you. No, it would be. Because, okay. So there is this one. Um, so, you know, like every, uh, I would say like designator or, or um, I don't, rating has, has mm -hmm. their specialty, right? Yes. So I don't I don't know how I got involved, but there is this one competition, annual competition in San Diego. I, I think I volunteered like of to course check it's people in San Diego. In. Of course. Hello, <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting I'm getting cigarettes. Like, no, I'm kidding. I'm um but it was a culinary competition, mm -hmm. right? All the services, like they even had like the White House cooks there. Yeah. You know, it was a competition. And so I just remember like the awards dinner banquet. Mm. I was I was in attendance. And I, I, uh, this was many years ago, so I don't even know who the, the, the guest speaker was. But, but, you know, this sat with me. The guest speaker said, you know, that it's one of the toughest jobs in the Navy in the sense it is 24 hours that they have to prepare on a ship, right? Sure. The breakfast, lunch, and dinner, right, for X amount of crew. Mm -hmm. In addition to that, they still have to maintain their own qualifications and shipboard safety. Yep. Right. And then the third layer of that was imagine if the food wasn't prepared correctly, you would have the whole crew sick. Oh, right. Or really mad at you. Yeah. <laughs> so, or both. Or both. Or both. <laughs> so I'm just like that pressure, that stress, you know, one bad yeah. omelet. It's just Ooh, like, yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm like, okay, so maybe it's a good thing. It does seem like a stress. very stressful job on, on no matter where you are. Right. Yeah. And and so I don't know, I think her name is Master Chief Banks. She mm -hmm. was a, a command mass chief or, or something. Okay. She's, she's pretty big up there. Um I, she was a guest speaker at one of my leaders my petty officer first class training seminars and and she was talking about her journey about being a, a mass specialist. Oh and, my gosh. Oh, yeah. So she I would, would love be, to talk to her. She would be an amazing guest because she, too, she was like her mentors were all Filipinos. Of right? course. Yeah. And, that makes sense. In, 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 in the kitchen. And so she mm -hmm. was like, I think I think what I might recall, you know, she was saying that they wouldn't help her. They would make her figure it out on her own. Like when, <laughs> you know, when, when it came to measuring, yeah. she would ask and they're like, no, you need to figure that out. Mm -hmm. And she just thought that they were mean. 
more or less. <laughs> but the end result, it was when she came up to the advancement exams, mm -hmm. she knew the answer. Yeah. So she realized, uh, no, they weren't being mean. Right. They were just helping her help herself. Yeah. You know, love it. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I right? definitely, I think we need to talk to her. Yes. Yeah. Now she's retired bank. Cool. So you go, so you're, you do this huge transition. Yeah. Um, you've got all kinds of like family emotions happening. Yes. You've got like the retirement, yes. like I'm old emotions yes. happening. And yes. now you're transitioning into the civilian workforce. So did you join Lidos like right away? Was that was it like a, or were there stepping stones in between? Yes. And it's so funny, right? Because, you know, we already talked about how like, boom, 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 and, you know, recruitment office. I knew mm -hmm. what I wanted. Um, I knew what I wanted. <laughs> uh, you know, I knew what I wanted when I retired from the Navy. It was, I was going to get involved one way or the other with anti-human trafficking. I don't okay. know if that was going to wow. be with the Department of the State mm -hmm. or U.S. Borders Customs. U.S. border and customs, but I was going to do anti-human trafficking. I don't know if it was outreach. I don't know if it was going to be uniform, like whatever the case may be, right? Um, so thank gosh for all my friends uh, mm -hmm. who had connections that would introduce me to other connections. So I, other, so I was meeting with people like, how do I get started? What are the options? What type of departments are there within anti-human trafficking? So I was doing that all over here. But for some reason, the universe, universe kept directing me over here. <laughs> so I get this call um, from someone I, I worked with before. And he said, um, send me your resume. We're hiring for a PAO. And I'm like, I don't want, I don't want to do PAO. <laughs> <laughs> you don't get to choose. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, so, so I'm like, okay. But then I never sent it. And so, um, so I just kept mining my own, you know, yellow brick road over here. And then I think a week later, he's like, where's your resume? I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'll send it. And so I, I don't even think I updated it. I don't even think I looked at it, but I sent it to him. He sent it to his boss. And then, you know, that resulted in an interview. And then I think it was, you know, um, feast or famine again. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, okay. I need a job. <laughs> They're offering me this job. I haven't really made any headway over here with the whole anti-human you know, mm -hmm. trafficking thing. So fine, I will go back into public affairs. And, and I love public affairs. It's just that, you know, for me, I feel as if though I just have to work twice as hard because it doesn't come naturally to me, mm -hmm. you know, like the whole writing, you know, and then people you know, quoting you or misquoting you right. or yeah. misinterpreting you. Like, mm -hmm. I just felt that stress a lot. Yeah. And, and, and being a representative of command or a senior official, whether it's an admiral or a senior executive service member, you know, I just, I didn't, I, that was a lot for me. Mm -hmm. And so that's one of the reasons why I didn't want to go back into public affairs. I mean, other people, it's natural for them and God bless them. For me, it's just like, oh, um, so, so I went into this role and I was having a lot of fun, but again, the natural pushback, you know, we, we don't want this advertised, which is like, well, then how do I do my job? You know? <laughs> so I, I, fortunately I was in that role for 18 months. Um, I wasn't looking for another position, but the next company, again, fortunately, um, asked for my resume because there was another opportunity and it was closer to home. So mm. I live in Alexandria and that first assignment where I was in public affairs post Navy was in Lithica, Maryland. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. Again, so my quality of life went back down. Still, <laughs> right? So it's just like people don't know what I have done because I don't talk about yeah. it, right? But that commute, and so like it's, I yeah, have it's to, terrible. It, oh, 
Believe me. It, hindsight. I'm in Baltimore. Right? So you know. I know. <laughs> I know. We're like right here. Oh, my God. I love it's you, my term- 619 sister. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, so. <laughs> so. So much in common. <laughs> this is amazing. Um, so, so, yeah, you know, I had to get up really early to beat the traffic, to get there on time, because I'm really a stickler about being on time. And so, um, and then it's public affairs, so it's not like I can hide in a corner. You know, mm-hmm. I was I was on, and I I wanted to meet my deadlines. Sure. I wanted to make the customer and the command, you know, value because because they did they I was actually standing up a public affairs shop. Okay, they, I, there was no predecessor. Right. So I I really wanted to make sure that I represented the community well by mm-hmm. doing what they asked of me. So, you know, I worked like nonstop and then left and then did that commute back home and then just just crashed. Right. <laughs> and I did that for 18 months. And like so the weekends I just hibernated and like mm-hmm. people leave me alone yeah. kind of thing. And so I had quality of life with the next assignment. It got better. Um, and then and then from that company and contract, I went to another contract and then that contract was then that contract then went over to Lidos and then I was picked up by Lidos. And it will be two years with Lidos this July. Oh, wow. Congratulations. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank That's you. so great. Yeah. Oh, and so you love it there. I do. Mm-hmm. I mean, quality of life, work-life balance. I love the customer. I love mm-hmm. my customer advocacy manager team that I'm on. There are nine, nine of us who do what we do. Um, and then what I shared earlier, you know, we just really hold each other up. We share our strengths. We share our weaknesses. We fill in for each other. Like, no egos. Egos are checked at the door. And mm-hmm. I just love that. Yeah. You know, and and to the customer advocacy manager team, it's helpful because all nine of us, well, eight of us have worn the uniform one and the ninth one has worked as as a DOD civilian. So we all have that common ground and and, you know, understanding culturally of how we work, you know, mm-hmm. um, together. You know, previously and, and now, where we can just put it all together. That's so great. So you're, you're working yeah. with active duty sea servicemen, not 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 like in the workplace, but with your customer base. Yeah, you're working with pre. That's, that's your client. Yes, really. it is. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I do. I bring that. Because I know who the end customer is, because I was a former end customer, I I do have that sense of urgency and the big picture understanding as to the need as it may seem really simple on this side of the house. But the big picture is it's it's not Mm -hmm. it it, it is a necessity like it. We really do need to do this, you know, and and, and it's it's constant, you know, so so it's it's like being and like. The best way I could describe it is like being in a batter's cage and you're just there with the bat and the balls keep coming. And you just got to keep <laughs> batting the ball, batting the ball because the balls are just going to keep going. So the ball in this case would be emails. Like the emails are going to keep coming. The escalations oh are going to keep coming. Yeah. Yeah. So many emails. Right? <laughs> yeah. And then like, you know, you know, who do I, pi- you know, who do I pitch to? Do I throw it to first base or second mm-hmm. base? Like what team? Who's going to respond from that team? You know? Mm-hmm. So. God, I love a good sports metaphor. Oh, also. Now that I know. Yeah. Yeah. All about it. All about it. Hard in the paint. <laughs> My petty officer from um, Navy Recruiting District. Oh, you'll love this. This is a okay. funny one, right? So I was I was in recruiting at Navy Recruiting District, San Francisco, and as a division officer, you know, they they stuck me in an office. I say that because it's like <laughs> it's a cell. Like there's no one to talk to in here. Like right. I want to be out there with you guys. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So so you know, I was sitting in my office, and then to get to the printer, you'd have to cross, you know, walk across through the desk or whatever, through the office. Mm-hmm. And so as I grabbed something from the printer, walking back to my office, I heard banter with 
the guys um, saying, all I heard was paint. So then, so then I turn and I'm like, oh, did they start the paint job over at Navy Recruiting Station Fremont? And then I just heard cackling. They're like, no, man, no, LT. I'm like, then what are you guys talking about? And they're like, oh, we're talking about hard in the paint, man, ma'am. And I'm like, oh, okay, what is that? And then, <laughs> and so, so, so then they have since brought me up to speed about the basketball terminology, mm-hmm. going hard in the paint. And so that's, so, so there are, so a lot of my LinkedIn posts are like inside jokes. And so you'll just see quotes <laughs> like that. I was like, Still going hard in pain. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Rich, I love that. That's how fun. Yeah, it, it, it is fun. It, it is fun. It has been fun. It still is fun. Awesome. Well, I think we, I love to end with this question. Sure. For, especially for Navy veterans. Okay. But what is your, you can choose, best or worst day in the Navy? Like, what's your sea story that you like? What's the story you tell when they're like, oh, like, what was it like in the Navy? Mm. And usually it's like you have like a story like there was this one time and fill in the blank. <laughs> I can give you one of each. Oh, OK. Balance it out. Yay. Sure. OK. So I'll start with the bad first. OK, so good. that will end when they'll get out. So my <laughs> my worst day in the Navy was when I was um, on ADSW as an Africa Partnership Station public affairs officer. So I was in a third world country and I just remember network like you it's a third world country. They 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 don't have email. The bandwidth's very limited, right? Mm, right. And so, you know, everybody has a chain of command. So my chain of command was like, where was the pictures? Because her chain of command was like, Pentagon's asking for it. And I'm like, you know, I probably took like a dozen pictures and I couldn't even get one through. Oh my god. And and I just I just remember like that cap my my reporting captain was asking me, the Commodore was asking me, mm-hmm. and then the ship's captain was asking me. So like oh, I no. had three basically captains around me. Hurry. That's too much. Ooh. And I'm just like and the petty officer who was supposed to be there to like rescue me did not get his visa. Oh, so no. it, I, it, it, it was just me. Uh. And like, you know, officers on ships don't necessarily like staff officers, let alone like, oh, it, oh, it was, yeah. Like I, I, I would take a year over Afghanistan again <laughs> over oh that one day wow. that I was Oof. sitting in that hot seat and people asking, for pictures and I you know of course I felt bad I mean it's my job I, I right. want to give you the picture right. that's why I am here <laughs> but what can I do if you know and and mm-hmm. and you know the ship was already you know the ship's crew was already upset because I was like using their equipment and stuff and I respect that but it's just like what can I do right you know I have three people in my face oh my gosh that sounds really stressful <gasps> But to anybody listening who's having a bad day, you two shall survive because I did. And I think the best day in the Navy was actually when I was on, um, it, I, I took advantage of a Navy perk slash benefit. Okay. And my Navy perk slash benefit was I had accrued so much leave that I was either going to, I was going to lose it if I didn't use it mm-hmm. because you lose it when you end your active duty for a special work assignment okay because you're 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 coming off of active duty to go into neverland <laughs> to go back onto active duty or reserve right but mm-hmm. when you go to reserve i don't think you carry over your leave i just knew the situation i was in i had to use my leave so i was in that assignment the one where i was a petty officer first class filling in or working in a lieutenant's billet mm-hmm. ah. 
so I recruit all I accrued all this position or I'm sorry I accrued all this leave um so but for three years I was I was literally on the road again no quality life right like I knew more people on the road than I did in my own backyard <laughs> oh my gosh yeah it was so, and, and it came to a point where it was so bad because people knew me by name on the road that I don't think I had anybody, if I wanted to call up somebody in DC say, to say, hey, let's go to the movies, I had, I had nobody. Oh gosh. It, 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 was, it was pretty brutal. And so like, I'm like, okay, I'm done. I'm, gonna, I'm not gonna extend this assignment. I'm gonna end it when it mm -hmm. ends and then move on. So I'm like, okay, it's not me time. <laughs> so so after 9-11, I was spooked to travel overseas. Mm -hmm. I was just really scared about getting on a plane, going overseas. And so for me to finally rip that Band-Aid off, um, and I love to travel. Um, I'm like, okay, it's either do or die right now, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm like, I'm going to do it because I don't know what my next is. <laughs> <song. laughs> I'm just going to do. And so um, so I don't know if you've done this or if you've heard about it, but I was I was the princess of it or, you know, queen of it. But one of the perks that I, I wanted to make sure I took advantage of when I enlisted were military air cargo flights dude space a all yeah. the way all the way all the way right but i think you know to be politically correct oh, i think i did that too growing you up you must have. did you i think so dad was a military he was oh, in the air perfect. force perfect okay so. yeah yeah so i'm sure you have I, I think we have yeah mm -hmm. okay so space a sounds familiar <laughs> space a space available yes yeah for those listening who may yes. not know the lingo so back in the day it was called mac right but i think they have since changed their name to air mobility command aim AMC. So I want to make sure okay. I, you know, am as correct as possible. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> um, and so I, so I have done Mac trips to, um, I have space aid, I should say. I, I have space aid to Mardi Gras, Hawaii, mm -hmm. and there was some place else. But what I did, I had 22 days of leave. So I was ready to just escape DC at this point. Yeah. And I, I drove over to um, Andrews Air Force Base, and I was determined to take any flight, even if it were just to Kansas, any flight yeah. out of the DMV, right? I was lucky. I totally scored a flight to Landstuhl, Germany. Oh, Ooh. same day. Same day. So for the next 21 days, I literally, by myself, with my Winnie the Pooh backpack, I still had it after all these days, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, went back packing across Europe. Period. Okay. 21 days. You win. That's like days. that's that's an awesome that's an awesome story. Because not only did you get to go to Germany, we just found out that Winnie the Pooh has <laughs> been in the military for who knows how long. Yay! That's great. That's yeah. True. Yes. No, so, that's awesome. So it was great because I don't do social media. I don't have a Facebook account. Okay. Um. So everybody, since the day I started traveling in eighteen nineteen, received a postcard. So that was my mo. I love that. To be safe, I was out when the sun was out, but when at sunset, I went back to my room mm -hmm. and I just filled out all these postcards. So everybody I worked with at the time and all my other postcard friends received postcards. So that is like proof I was there. And that was something tangible that they can keep and share with their families. And and I know one girlfriend encouraged her kids to like go travel and see the world. Like mm. That's so cool. Oh, what a good friend to have. I would mm -hmm. love to get postcards from all over the world. That's so, <laughs> oh, well, that then. is so old fashioned and amazing. I love it. Yes, I will need your address. And yeah, no, I'm just, you know, cause okay, you know, military kind of too, like it, mm -hmm. it, it, you know, I mean, a letter is tangible. You can take that with you. I know. True. You know, mm -hmm. you can forever hold it with you as opposed mm -hmm. to the cell phone that dies. I need to charge it. Where is it? It's not right. personal. Like someone actually literally took the time 
you know so right. i do i i still do i still do a okay so you need to get on my holiday christmas card oh yeah <laughs> i happening. still do christmas i, cards. I do christmas cards <laughs> High five. Yeah. Six one nine <laughs> sisters. Six one nine sisters. That's our hashtag. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay, done. We're doing it. Done. Gotta, I wonder if it's already been hashtag. We should we'll find out. We'll find out. But if not, no. It it's is. ours. Yeah. Copyright that. Yes. This was so fun. This I feel like fun. we're Thank gonna you. be friends after this. And I love it. Oh, yes, because you all get to hover and enjoy the <gasps> bunt cake, right? Oh my gosh. So Lorna May <laughs> is our guest here. And what did she do? She brought us a cake. I know. It's like, did Evan tell you to bring a cake or something like that? Wow. Like, no, wow. Evan would never think of that. No, he wouldn't. No, <laughs> but no, we really appreciate that. We, do. we can't we wait will, to dig into that. We will but. definitely eat the cake and we will uh, let you know. I'm sure it's delicious, but like red velvet cake is oh, yeah. the best cake. Absolutely. It's like well, my top favorite cake. Yeah. Honestly. I just want to say thank you. Honestly, I, I just, uh, this is helping me get out of my shell because, you know, people are always saying, share your story, share mm -hmm. your story. Um, so I felt comfortable doing it with the Navy League. Yay. Oh, I don't think I would have just went to any random. And you're a Navy League member, are you I not? I am a Navy League member, a proud Navy League member. Oh, thank you for that. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, it's been an amazing episode. I can't wait for our listeners to hear your story. And thank you so much again. Thank you both for having me. I really enjoyed my time here with the both of you. Oh, as, as we both enjoyed as well, I'm sure. Uh, so thanks so much for listening. We just want to make sure uh, people who enjoy this podcast, give it a rating on your platform of choice. Five stars, please. That's that's the appropriate one. <laughs> whatever whatever you feel like. Uh, we'll, we'll take the criticism if needs be. But really appreciate your guys' support and listening. And if you have any questions for us, please uh, send that over to us. Voices of the sea at navylead.org is our email. Yep, we want to hear from you. All right, thank you guys so much. Bye. See you next time. The VOS Podcast is a production of the Navy League of the United States. A big thank you to our board of directors and Navy League headquarters staff for their generous support of this podcast. And even bigger thanks to the men and women who serve. Be sure to share VOS with your friends and spread the good word. You can email us at voicesofthesea at navyleague.org. You can also find out more information about the Navy League at www.navyleague.org. Follow us on social media at Navy League US. And you can listen to more Voices of the Sea through Apple Music, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever else you find your podcasts. <laughs>